The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Football podcast, and we have an absolute special treat for your ears. Uh, I'm Kalichi Osunwa. Josh Hyde is next to me. Josh, say hello. How are you doing, Kalichi? I'm terrific, mate. I'm even all the better for hearing an accent that sounds familiar and makes me feel like home. Uh, we are joined with the new head coach of Perth SC, New Zealand International, Kiwi hero himself, Danny Hay. Danny, how are you, mate? You well? Yeah, very good. Great to uh, great to be here in Perth and great to have a chat with you guys. See that you brought the weather with you all the way from uh, from Windy Auckland? Oh, far out. That's that's. I'll tell you what, moved to Perth thinking we're going to be living the dream and I was boasting to all my mates back in New Zealand how wonderful the weather was going to be and I... I don't reckon I've been colder than this for a good couple of years. <laughs> the crazy thing about Perth that people don't know is that Perth gets the same amount of rain as Manchester. Oh, we just get it. We just get it in like four bucks, a, a, a bucket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's cold and wet out there tonight. Well, look, we um, we're going to get straight into it. We know that you're pressed for time, but you are now the head coach of Perth SC, huge club here in WA. Um, so the first question from my end is, is, is why Perth? You know, in the club statement, it was mentioned you both share an ambition about bringing the club's vision to life. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about that in your decision? Because I'm sure you would have had a host of clubs looking at to get you on board. Yeah, look, um, after, you know, we sort of moved over here um, after my spell with New Zealand football, and look, if I'm being really, really honest, I wasn't um, pursuing any opportunities inside the game. I, you know, I just felt like I needed a little bit of a break, um, which I was, which you know, I, f- I felt like I'd, I'd sort of started to really undertake and um, just reflect on my time with New Zealand football, and obviously get a little bit of a breather from that as well. Um, but when uh, when when Jason and Christian and Vince got hold of me, it was. Actually, a little bit like deja vu. My uh, my first ever meeting way back in 1997 when I first arrived in Perth to play for the Perth Glory was with a Maroki and a Tana. So there was uh, yeah something a little bit nostalgic about catching up with them and getting a sense of the direction they wanted to take the club. And look, they're families that uh, have football running through their blood. They're families that um, I trust as well. Um, and, and know them fairly well from my, my experience and time here with the glory way back in, in those in those sort of late 90s. Um, and I've got a wonderful experience. Um, I had a wonderful experience with Perth Glory um, under those under those two men. So to have the opportunity to, to sort of join up with the next generation um, and like I said, bring the, bring the vision that they sort of laid out very clear to life here at Perth Soccer Club, I think is, um, yeah, for me was, was something I wasn't expecting, but something that I'm really excited about. Can you give us a little bit more insight into that vision? Because they are an ambitious club. They have had a bit of instability most recently, the three managers in mm. three seasons, which is something that no club really, really wants to have. Mm. But they, they are a draw card here in WA. I'm sure you know that. Mm. Um, champions, they produce quality talent they've got terrific facilities but what was that vision that that really spoke to you oh look i think the the big thing that really sung out to me was that they're that they're about 
um, pathways and developing players from within and giving uh, players an opportunity to, to, to really develop as, as individuals, um, but ultimately as a collective and um, not see Perth Soccer Club as, um, I guess, the end point of their journey but really is something that's going to allow them to kick on to bigger and better things. And, you know, just the, the, the language they were using, the way they were talking about it, how passionate about it, it really reminded me of um, eastern suburbs back in Auckland, um, where I had a, had a really successful couple of years, um, which was primarily around um, providing pathways for young players, trying to develop young players, um, trying to give them an avenue to kick on to, to you know, higher levels of football. Uh, and... You know, thankfully, if I look back at suburbs, we were very successful in that area, and we did it playing, you know, a quality brand of football, and uh, that's ultimately where I'd like to like to help Perth Soccer Club get to. Um, the last couple of weeks have been fantastic for the club; they've played really well, and now it's just obviously building on that um, and trying to get some consistency in the performances. And I was going to say that you know you've appointed, been appointed to the role, and straight after your appointment, even though you haven't taken charge of the team, they've gone up from I think 12th or eleventh spot all the way up to within touching distance of, of the title. Just about that's how close this league is at the moment, which yeah. must be exciting for you. What have you made of those performances over the last couple of weeks, and how successful they've been at getting the ball in the net as well? Yeah, look, that's 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 one thing. They're scoring goals and scoring goals freely, and I think uh, you know I've I've watched them closely over the last three weeks um, before sort of finalising my decision with the club. Uh, and they're they're playing some attacking and entertaining and exciting football, and I think they've got some real threats going forward. They've got some real talent. Obviously, young Ethan Banks is is one. I think that's um, got a lot of promise and got a big future if he can continue to develop and evolve as a player. Um, so look, I think it's an exciting time, and for me, it's you know it's getting back to what I actually love doing, which is working with players on, well, not a daily basis in this environment, but you know close enough too. Um, I think that was probably the frustration when you're a, when you're a national team coach, you get to see the players you know five maybe six times in a in a in, in, the, in a year, so it makes it really difficult in that regard. So as a coach, you want to be on the grass, you want to be working with the players, you want to be building those connections, you want to be trying to influence. Um, so yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Look, you, you mentioned your Eastern Suburbs side. Um, they were a mixture of pragmatic steeliness, which you probably expect in any Danny Hay team to be strong. Um, and the counter-attacking swiftness that they had. Um, your All-Whites team played the best brand of football that I, as a Kiwi, have seen the All-Whites play in my entire life. Um, but for people here, for, for your players here, what's, what can the MPL expect um, a Danny, Danny Hay-led team to, to look like? What the, can the players expect? And what, what, kind, what kind of attributes or performances or traits do mm. they need mm. to be getting that, that starting spot in your team? Yeah, look, I talk a lot about um, the serious footballer. Um, and the serious footballer doesn't just turn up to, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday sessions and then a game. They're doing all the little bit of, they're doing all the extras away from the ground, the stuff that people aren't seeing. They're, they're working with strength and conditioning guys. They're in the gym. They're looking after the nutrition. Um, you know, they're making sure their sleep is good. They're um, meditating if they need to. It's all these little, you know, half percenters, one percenters, two percenters that make a big, big difference. Um, but look, for me, I'm, I'm really, really strong on organisation, uh, clear roles and responsibilities for the players. That's where you can, there can be accountability. The players can hold themselves to account as well as those around them. 
Um, but at the same time, as you would have seen from suburbs and hopefully from, from the All Whites as well, we want to we wanna play an exciting brand of football. And I think historically that's what this club has been known for as well, is playing some football that, are, that excites the members, excites the fans. Um, and look, that's going to be a journey. Um, that's going to take a little bit of time, but from what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, we've got some we've got some incredibly exciting players, uh, and hopefully I can just come in and um, help build on the great work that you know the previous coaches and then obviously Bazon and Stewart have done in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and we're in uh, the room down here at the Maccabi Soccer Club, and it looks like you're, you're prepping for a bit of a video analysis session. Tell us a little bit about how much some of those uh, those modern sort of professional aspects that you've had working with professional players in, mm-hmm. in a national team environment, how important those are to you and what your approach to it is as well. Because I, I know I've spoken to coaches before who said, you know, with video, video analysis, we prefer to focus on the positive aspects mm-hmm. to make the players feel good about themselves. Are the coaches really want to nut down on on what it is they're doing wrong and what they can improve what's your approach there oh look i think it's a necessity in this day and age i think the modern player expects it um as we know people have different learning styles uh and i think if you know if you're not putting the the pictures with the words uh it makes it really difficult for some players to to be able to learn because that's ultimately what it's about um, so for me, it's a, it's a real mix. We will, we will focus primarily on things that we've done well and the real positives, but we're going to have a very clear style of play. Um, and so if there's little areas that we need to tidy up, and that's what we call it, little tidy ups, um, we'll show one or two of those. We're not afraid to show that. We want to have a very open environment, honest environment. Um, so that, that for me is, is really, really important that, um, you know, we're showing a, a true reflection of, of what's happened in the weekend. Um, but yeah, by and large, that'll be a, a major focus on the positives. But look, for me, it's a, it's such a necessity in this day and age. And we've got, we've got the technology at our hands. Um, so we need to be utilizing it as best we can. Uh, you, you just kind of hinted on what I was going to ask Ness in terms of, in terms of building a culture and, You've certainly set the foundations for the All Whites. Um, and even speaking to some people who are at Eastern Suburbs now, they attest to it. How, how important is building the right culture for you? Um, and, you know, you're joining the most successful club in WA history. You mentioned the fact that the family that, that are part of the club and have football in their veins as well. Um, and again, they are all about producing top tier talent, but they're also being a big force in the community. So how important were those aspects um, for you in deciding to take the job? And what do you want to add towards that culture as well? Yeah, look, they're massive. As I said, um, you know, it's, it's family names that I, that I know well that I, I trust, um, that have been incredibly selfless in this club for a long time. Uh, and so that's the, they're the type of qualities, I think, as a coaching staff, as players, that we want to exhibit as well. We want to, we understand that we're um, just here for a short time, you know, hopefully not too short, but we're here for a, a short time, ultimately, in terms of being the, being the coaching staff, being the players. We've got a responsibility to try and leave uh, I guess the shirt in a better place than than what we found it. Um, so for me, that's that's massive. Is um, you know understanding and recognising the past, um, and I think you can do that to then embrace the present to try and transform the future. And that was a big big part of what we tried to to do in the national team. You know historically, and that was that was why I made such a massive effort to try and change the, the culture and the mentality around the All Whites because having been a player there myself, there, there was no culture, if I'm being honest. 
Um, so that ability to, to reconnect to your roots, to who you are, and obviously here it's to the foundations of the club. You know, who are the, who, who, who is the club? Who are the club? You know, who are the past players? Who are the, who are the teams that have done incredibly well historically? You know, what um, qualities did they embrace? You know, what did they stand for? So these are the things that for me you sort of, you've got to dig down into and that's going to take a little bit of time. That'll be a journey, no doubt. Um, but getting the current crop to understand that um, and to really embrace that and then I think that's where you start to get a clearer pathway about where you want to go in the future and you know, hopefully that starts to come to light over you know, the next few months. What is the aim for the younger players that you've got here? You spoke about the, the young players you developed at, at Eastern Suburbs and mm. worked with uh, with the All Whites uh, and, and you've got them in a, in a part-time environment here. Do you think you can prepare some of them for professional football to potentially be sold on by the club to, to teams in Australia or, or in Europe or Asia? Oh, look, that's the aim. And I think that's that was, you know, even though with a super young team, we won the National League in New Zealand, that wasn't what made me happiest. The fact was that we had eight players that went on to um, professional environments, you know, whether that be somebody like Tim Payne at the Phoenix to, um, you know, Elijah Just and Nando Pineka, Callum McCowd, all those that went off and played in Europe. So, De Jong as well. Yeah, Andre De Jong. So, look, that, was, that, that for me is the most pleasing aspect. And if we can get, you know, even a quarter of the success in terms of getting players away into professional environments from this club, then I think all the better. And it's, you know, it's important for the ecosystem. Of, of, of football, of soccer in Western Australia that you're trying to get players away that these young kids coming through can see a pathway into professional football that they're seeing there's opportunities within the club to develop and then move on to, you know, hopefully greener pastures. So, you know, that for me is, that for me is a big aim and that was, I think, the big thing that really sort of stood out from, you know, the board having spoken to them. Um, that they're excited and energetic about really trying to create uh, a club that has development as a, as a real focus. And, and people sometimes get confused that, oh, when you're developing, you can't win. Well, yeah, I, I totally disagree with that. I think if you do that well, the, the winning, the winning comes, comes as part of that as well. Well, you might create a rod for your own back now, mate, because you're four points off top of the league and you, don't, you haven't had a preseason. So, can we still expect the title push to come in this year without a preseason? Jeez, oh, look, it's going to be. Look, from what I've seen, come on, mate. Let's let's teach these let's teach these Aussies how to actually play football and coach. How, how, how it's done? How it's done? The Kiwi style. Look, it's that's the thing. I've seen I've seen a good group of players, and even over the the training sessions that I've been down and, and watched there, they're hungry to learn. They, um, they want the intensity in the training. And I think when you see that, it starts to translate out onto the pitch on a Saturday. So, look, I, for me, I'm not coming in with uh, uh, like a, a big brush to do anything massively different. I think what Basil and Stuart have done over the last couple of weeks has been outstanding. It's been successful. Um, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm not here to scare the players. I want to make them, I want to reassure them that actually, you know, what's been happening over these last few weeks has been outstanding. They just need to keep, refining that we just need to keep developing keep getting better um, and hopefully off the back of that results will come one thing I am a little nervous about though is that we've got uh, all away games now actually I'm not nervous about that if I'm being honest I'm actually excited because that just adds an extra challenge and I love a challenge and I think this group of players will love a challenge as well playing away from home where people are expecting that uh, look away from home not meant to win games yeah well, I'm not I'm not a big believer in that I think in a league like this you can go away from home and you can win football games See that? See that, Josh? That's that Kiwi mentality taking over, mate. This is exactly what the, what the league needs. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Stoked to, stoked to 
and gracious that you've given us the time. Um, wish you all the best for the season and hopefully we'll see you around the grounds as well. Yeah, nice. Thanks, fellas. Great chatting to you. See you later, Danny. And before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. And you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. That was that was absolutely awesome. And look, we we're even more gracious and even more fortunate to have um, head of football Christian Meraki to come in speak to us about this. We've just finished having our chat with Danny, and just from the first couple of minutes and speaking to him, you can absolutely feel the presence. I don't necessarily want to run through a brick wall for him, but I can imagine that after a team talk, I probably would. Um, what what's that been like having him around and just kind of like being in that in that room with him? Oh, I mean. His uh, pedigree speaks for itself. I mean, obviously, we knew Danny from when he was a player at 21 in the glorious setup. Um, fantastic footballer, even better person. But um, obviously, from a coaching perspective, you're never, never too sure how that's going to go in terms of an ex-player. But um, everyone we spoke to um, had nothing but positive things to say about him. And obviously, getting him in, in, uh, in the interviews and the initial discussions about the role and, you know, every conversation we felt... Uh, more and more excited to have him part of the team and and really drive the improvement that we're trying to see not just in our first team setup but all the footballing aspects of our club so again over the moon to have him I think it's great for WA football and we're really excited to support him and, and support the team and see where we can take it. What, what actually went into, I guess, for you guys making the pitch to get a guy with the pedigree of Danny Hay, you know, not just his international footballing experience, his international, uh, or his uh, experience with yeah. Perth Glory, with Leeds United, and his experience coaching, literally just coaching the national team of New Zealand. What went into you guys convincing him that Perth Soccer Club was the right project for him? Yeah, that's a good question, Josh. Um, I mean, he's a pretty smart guy. You know, he would see through the bullshit in terms of a pitch. So we were just uh, honest in terms of what our club's about and what we're looking for moving forward, you know. Um, <coughs> it's been said about a change of direction, but at the end of the day, we've been successful and we want to continue to be successful, but we want to do it in a sustainable manner, you know. We want to provide the best environment for the best juniors and players in this state to develop and we're hoping they can go above and beyond Perth Soccer Club and the like you know and uh, we want serious footballers and uh, we need to have serious uh, people leading them and guiding them and Danny is definitely that person you know um, obviously the legacy of Perth we're in our 75th year um, <coughs> uh, but we want to obviously not rest on our laurels and continue to build on that legacy and uh, again uh, obviously the fact that he knew a lot of us from his Perth Glory days wow. I think it gave him a little <laughs> bit more confidence and uh, Must have with what we're about mate. yeah but like I said uh, the, the hard part starts now you know uh, actions speak louder than words and uh, we're really excited about supporting him and the team and, and hopefully you know continuing the good progress we made over the last couple of weeks but we're talking long term here you know um, and hopefully we can see a real improvement through all levels of our club He mentioned something really interesting in our interview um, about being able to develop players and win championships mm. and looking at that 
Eastern Suburbs side that won the league or won the championship, the average age was 23 years old. Um, and it had players, like you also mentioned earlier, that, that went on to professional contracts, Tim Payne, Andre De Jong, Callum um, McCullough, Elijah Justin, and even a Kiwi hero and Alice AFC favourite of my own, Kevin Kalua. So was that track record something that really caught your eye in terms of developing players but also gaining that success? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said... Um we did a lot of research, but we also did it by speaking to people, both administrators and players that worked under him. And you mentioned Kelvin, had a great conversation with him for over an hour, and uh, he's someone that, that he initially brought across the Sacred Heart and then brought him through the Eastern Suburbs set up and into, like I said, a full international for New Zealand. So, And the thing that really came across from all those players and administrations was, you know, in terms of getting the best out of those players, you know, ensuring that, uh, you know, that put any limits on what they could do and, and really pushing them um, to be the best footballers and people that they could you know and uh, again that's why the more research we did the more people we spoke to the more we knew we'd be very lucky to have them in our setup so well, look this, this is a question that we, we kind of have to ask it because there has been a little bit of instability in the club um, with Danny being the third full-time manager in three seasons club statements again like you kind of mentioned one pointed towards a change of direction the, um, which a lot of people took not necessarily rightly or wrongly but a lot of people talk about a youth policy and then you know the other statement mentioned you wanted to have the best chance of success for the 75th year anniversary um which kind of followed four losses in a row so we couldn't get all the information we don't know what's going on but you know it's a tough ask but what does Danny still have to kind of do to meet the, both those kind of requirements or has the direction kind of changed I mean the first thing I want to say obviously Mark and Dale are legends of our club um, and obviously it was a really hard decision in terms of to to move them on but we did it in what we thought was in the best interest of the, of the football club um, you know yeah we lost four games in a row there but we looked over the body of work over 18 months and we just weren't meeting the standards that uh, the club demands you know on the tra- on the training track and out on the f- on the on the playing ground and uh, you know uh, it was up for all of us to take responsibility for that and uh, so again we made the tough call but uh, we're really pleased you know in terms of Danny's capabilities um, uh, what he can do in terms of improving proving the quality of our playing style and our players and and like I said we've already seen good progress in the next in the last couple of weeks and we're looking forward to that continuing moving forward well you you will we'll finish off we can see the players are gathering in here um, but of course it is the 75th year anniversary of the club um, family's been involved in the club for a very very long time so two-part question one what's the club mean to you What's, what's it mean to the entire Perth SC community seen 75 years? Because, mate, it's really easy to, 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 to not have a club exist. It takes a lot of people to help out. And also give us some of uh, the biggest on-the-field and off-the-field memories that you've got um, for Perth SC as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned family. I mean, obviously my family's three or four generations in, but I'm not the only one. There's plenty like that, you know. We, we take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, it was founded by Italian immigrants, but we've been a people of all all uh, immigrants, given that that's what Australia's all about about but um, it's obviously success it's always been about success but that success has been driven by some core values and a real family sort of environment where we look after our own and we want the best for everyone you know Um, and we push each other to to continually do better and uh, on and off the park so in terms of greatest memories um, again on and off the park uh, growing up watching those successful sides in the 80s and the 90s having a kick at the back of Dorian Gardens trying to emulate you know a lot of those legends uh, one of which 
which coached against us on the weekend in Gareth Navin. So, um, yeah, but I mean, obviously for myself, being involved in, in uh, successful sides at the club, uh, both on and off the park, obviously... I, uh, is always a great memory but for me it's been about the friends and family you know uh, a lot of my friends of uh, lifelong friends are guys that I've met through the sort of guys and girls I met through the soccer club and uh, obviously that's what I think I hold uh, the, the most important aspect of being involved in this soccer club and I'm just hoping that you know more people get to experience that over many years to come. Uh, you know the signing of Danny Hay there was a bit of a void obviously after you made the decision to let uh, Mark and Dale go but mm. Uh, the signing of Danny Hay reads as a statement of intent. Uh, we saw the club previously decide not to go into the, the national second division earlier in the year. You know, what, where are you actually looking for the Persoc club? Like, what is the the aim going forward beyond this 75th year? Um, I'll be honest. We want to be the most successful club in the state. Um, obviously, we seriously considered the second division. Uh, we were part of those conversations, but I think we're very much going to take a watching brief at the minute. Um, I still think there's a lot of details to uh, to iron out, um, but we want to make sure that in parallel we're preparing the club to be successful and, like I said, successful but sustainable for a long period. And uh, ambition's a key value of ours, and if we're not pushing to be involved in the second division, then you know we should probably ask other people to get involved to lead the club. So, but again. It's it's got to be sustainable and it's got to ensure that the club's around for another 75 years plus. So, Christian, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. We're so excited to see um, see what's going on. We can't wait to turn up. And Well, we probably won't be at Dorian Gardens. We've got no more home games there for a while. We've got one. We've got one and we're it's on the 12th of August. We're actually uh, playing Kingsway. Going to honour a lot of our ex-players on that day. So it should be a great day. Hopefully we can get his down there. And Sounds happy like a spicy to, thing. Indeed. So well done. And like I said, thanks for everything you guys are doing for WA Football. I think it's fantastic and whatever the club can do to support you guys, don't hesitate to shout out. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah, you can take a photo. Uh, yeah, Perth Football Podcast. <laughs> Whoever thought that uh, we would have fans and people asking to take our photos, Josh. I know, it's crazy. Hey, Josh, look at us. <laughs> we're famous. Who would have thought of this? But not we're, me. We're personalities. We're personalities. Um, what, uh, what, a, what a cool interview, man. Like, I, like just, just from a... Just from a pure, this is dope perspective, we started this thing a year ago, and now we're like... We're interviewing international coaches. Interviewing international coaches. Um, there definitely is an aura about about Danny Hay, and it was really it was really funny. I came in there and I was like, Danny, look, just want to let you know that uh, as a young man growing up, I hated your guts because you coached this Waitakere <laughs> team. And he was like, oh, I never coached Waitakere. And I was like, Yeah, man, you you did, bold dude, six threes. Like, no, nah, there was another nondescript white white New Zealander. And I was like, Oh, good God, sorry, man. Yeah, but I I, I hate hated you and then you went at Sacred Heart oh which team did you play McLean's oh yeah we used to smash them well, probably probably another reason why I hated you as well but um <laughs> yeah it was it was so cool having that chat for anybody who thought Kalichi didn't hold grudges oh I hold grudges I hold grudges there's there's a there's an international there is an irrational hatred that I have towards the Denmark national team because of 1998 where Nigerian players weren't paid and decided to put a crappy show in at the World Cup despite the fact that they had the Laudrop brothers and I was really furious because we had beaten Spain but that's a tangent for another day. But yeah, um, what did you think of that? What did you think of, of, of meeting Danny and listening to him? Anything kind of stand out to you, mate? 
I think some of the comments that he had just about culture, and I, I think he's going to bring some of the aspects of his learnings as an international football coach into running a very different environment, which is semi-professional down here at, at, at Perth. I mean, we're, we're out here at... Um, at uh, the Maccabi Maccabi Memorial Oval, which I'm sure is very different to some of the environments that Danny Hayes coached in with the All Whites in the past. I don't know, maybe it is similar. You, you know a bit about New Zealand, a bit more about New Zealand football than I do. But he's obviously looking to bring the the cultural aspects, and he worked on things. He spoke to us about some of the things, and, and I don't know if this was on the podcast or before the podcast that that he worked on with the All Whites, uh, trying to get players engaged and, and bring players into his way of thinking and into the style of football that he wanted to play, which, is, as you spoke about before, you know, New Zealand football in the past was quite negative. You know, they were coming up against Australia and just trying not to concede goals, right? Uh, so, yeah. you know, it, it, it'll be interesting how he's able to impart some of those things in a more part-time environment in Perth. It was really interesting hearing both both Danny and Christian talk about yeah, we, we want a youth policy, but we also want to win. <laughs> and and yeah. then looking back at looking back at that eastern suburb size, they were pretty young. The other thing that kind of stood out was like, I'm, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure that when Perth were playing Heidelsberg, they had a team of the average age of around 23 and a half years old as well. I suppose, like you mentioned off air, the only difference is it isn't all Perth. Um, grown players uh, in that side. There were players who were potentially brought in from elsewhere. But it also kind of matches some of the things that Jason has said in other interviews where, you know, they see to be able to sustain Perth uh, SC and to be able to challenge nationally um, that they do want to be a a club that's able to develop talent and and see those talents flourish overseas. Um, So, yeah, it, it, it felt pretty interesting and pretty cool. But I do think that he will have a lot of pull because it feels like a proper professional setup just seeing them go through and analyze the mistakes that they've done how they want to play um, don't want to tell all the secrets that they had in terms of the, the presentation that they were showing the players um, but yeah speaking to him even on air and, and off air he, he comes with a pedigree and he comes with a prestige and he comes with a setup he did have a reputation of being seen as a, as a taskmaster as, as Danny's way or the highway but you've got to take that stuff with a grain of salt because New Zealand, New Zealanders have a lot of tall poppy syndrome about them where someone turns up and is really, really good at their job and says, hey, let's do this my way. They, they kind of try to knock you down. So, yeah, you've got to take that stuff with a pinch of salt. But I think it'll be really interesting seeing how this progresses. Um, I also thought it was interesting that they, that Christian mentioned that they looked at that tough decision with Mark. Again, a legend who played for the club who was part of the four four years of success with Ramon. And, and, and both, of, that, both yeah. of us know Mark and Dale well. I did the the B license course with Dale, so yeah, I, I have a lot of love for, for for them as well. It was hard to see them, um, you know, not stay on as the Perth coaches. They had a good start to the season, but it was I, I guess that dip in form that that prompted the club to act. Yeah, well, that, well that, that's what we kind of thought, right? We thought, look, it's four games, but at the same time, two wins away, and now you're three points behind, well, four points behind top. So we we kind of thought, look, could it have been that? But it was interesting for them to say, no, it is it is 18 months worth of worth of information and data, and I think that kind of fits, especially with Christian talking about we want to be having a youthful team but still competitive. So um, that that kind of pans out, or, or that was just interesting to think about, but. 
I think it'll be interesting to see what the team actually plays like once Danny's takes over, got involved, yeah. taken over, got a, got got a handle on the squad. They've had a couple big wins the last couple of weeks, but you look at how their goals have been scored and they've been really dangerous from set pieces. A lot of now, you're not necessarily yeah. going to score four or five corners every single game, right? That, that comes down not just to, like, you've got to hit the perfect set piece. You've got to have players make the perfect runs. There are teams that are good from set pieces, but it, it's not necessarily something that's going to happen every game. So I don't know, the man. Tell that, is, to Bal- tell that to Balcata, bro. Well, <laughs> Balcata have a style. Balcata have a style about them. Balcata have a, have a style and they've got the old heads and the, the big bodies. And and also Tongi, who who's just Trent K scored like three goals in four weeks from set yeah. pieces. Tongi, like, Tongi, like, Tongi, who seems like he can curl a ball from one end of the pitch to the other at the moment. But wheeling wheeling back to that, it'll be interesting to see how they actually play because they were trying to play the ball out from the back. They were trying to be a ball playing team uh, under the Wingale brothers as well. But uh, you know whether it was as effective as, as it could be. Not really sure. Uh, the at the same time, at the same time, this this could feel like the the same kind of Nigel Pearson situation with Southampton, which we've mentioned before, where it's, hey, uh, we've got this great manager, he's doing really really well, but then a hey, Mauricio Pochettino comes available. <laughs> we don't know if they probably had Danny Hay in their mind beforehand and that's a, that's a tough part about changing managers it, it was a coup though wasn't yeah. it it was a coup we yeah. spoke about it being with Christian we spoke about it being a statement of intent right yeah. you get a guy's just coached international football literally like what three four weeks last ago, year right? like, oh, last, like year, last, last year, year yeah really really recently and and at the same last time like, Cup campaign. yeah and and at the same time we, we mentioned uh Glory could have been like, God oh, damn! Like, like Perth Glory should have been looking, could have been looking at this guy as someone who could potentially coach them. We don't know how strong and watertight Danny's contract is, <laughs> but yeah, like there's a, there's, it's not a zero percent chance that um, that Perth Glory aren't looking at it, going, ah, crap! This is someone that might have gotten away from us. Um, yeah, I am interested to see how they play and what changes he makes to the style of play. Yeah. Um, before we go, did you catch any games? See any of the highlights? Because I saw the Armadale game, and my goodness gracious me. Talk about the worst way to start a football game. It's one thing to be down 3-0 after 50 minutes. It's another th- 20 minutes, I think. It's another thing to be down 1-0 after 20 seconds. Is John still in, uh, in Italy at the moment? I've got no idea. Is he in Italy? We was going to Bologna at some point for the uh, the Macron conference. Oh no! Just to, just to get a just to get a Macron shout. Oh so, yes. So, so, so some of these some because of these we're company men. Yeah, some of these Armadale performances. You can only imagine John looking at it on his phone and seeing the scores <laughs> come through, or watching the stream <laughs> over in Europe, just going, "Oh Jesus, what are they doing to me?" Because that Armadale team, the, the way they concede goals in some games, but then how it, it's bizarre because they just watertight in some games and then in other games they're just the leakiest shit there is and then they'll be like okay cool we'll score our two goals as usual <laughs> but like yeah I've spoke to John before and I know for a fact that he can't take watching football because he's, he's got no control <laughs> like he can't influence it in any way so I, I'm just picturing John in this beautiful scenic location losing his ever loving mind because he playing, to, playing, in, playing the Macron Legends game try, try to get some reception to make a phone call to the sideline to scream <laughs> yell at some players oh man but he yeah may, that, he may well have been but I, I'm not I'm not sure I didn't I didn't actually catch the highlights of that game so that that, that one's on you what what did you see from the highlights there I, I just I saw Dean Cummins again getting in on the goal action so you can kind of see that he's he's almost getting a um a more advanced role in that in that Sorrento team um 
maybe yeah may, may, maybe that's the case but they did they did look really really good um Pushed the ball really well. They got into interesting spaces. Zachariah Debs is looking like an absolute player, man. Like we've seen him a couple times last season, seen him a couple times earlier this season as well. And he is growing from strength to strength. He took on, he took on his player, came inside, cut in, and, and like and rifled one into the goal. Um, I don't think that they would have gone into the season looking to get a lot out of Zachariah Debs. They could have looked at him as as like a as an option when other players are out. And and Scott. Um, Scott Whiskey or Scott Wishka is obviously hurt again, unfortunately for him. Your, your favorite um, name my, in the NPL. Fa- favorite name in the NPL. Um, he's no Florent Maluda though, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's interesting seeing the, the amount of work that they're getting from him, um, the work that he's getting, and again, I think I think that goes to potentially what Steve McGarry has done, getting the most out of youth. And the transfer, the transfer window is probably opening pretty soon as well. Yeah, that'll be coming up pretty soon. And we, we didn't manage to get one in there with uh, with Danny, but we wonder if his international contacts, if his uh, Kiwi networks might be able to bring in a little of extra quality to Perth with uh, them only four points off the top of the ladder. Something I, I will say with Perth, uh, they had that big win against Bayswater. Gordon Perkins is back and they've missed him. He was one of their big signings in the off-season. And every time he's come on the pitch, he's looked pretty electric. So that, that'll be a big pickup for them. It's essentially a new sign of getting him uh, this far into the season, into the lineup. Well, look, uh, thank you so much to Danny and to Christian for their time. That's the end of it. Um, we've got 10% of battery left, but I don't trust my computer to, uh, to actually have that 10%. Josh, uh, you want to give any final words to our new sponsor who have delivered this lovely plate of falafel for us? Yeah, so... Uh, uh, they, they've given us sponsorship of a, a bottle of Pepsi and a bottle of Solo, and that's uh, Falafel Omizi. It's the restaurant down at the Maccabi Soccer Club. Uh, if you're after a, a, a bit of a pita, uh, come down there and have a feed. It's one of the best, uh, best soccer ground feeds in WA, I reckon. Toodaloo, everybody. You take care. And uh, oh, by the way, how did Maccabi get on in the, in the Amateur Cup yesterday? I, I was actually standing... We don't have time for that. Uh, they no, lost 4-2. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. <laughs> but the mighty, mighty North Perth through the next round. Oh, stop it. Up the boys. Stop it. The only time you'll ever hear me say this, but up the boys in blue. Jesus Christ. Back the blue. <laughs> <laughs>